0: And thanks for, uh, for you who are being here in person. And I also want to say thank you for those who are joining us online. Well, today we conclude our Kazon uh, sermon series. And we based it on uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18, where it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Now, divine guidance in the Hebrew, the Old Testament, it comes out the word Kazon. It can also be translated as dream, revelation, or vision. Now, throughout these past weeks, we've talked about how Joseph was able to, the the message of Joseph, when he was young, around 17 years old, he already had a vision that God had placed in his heart. He shared it with his brothers. His his brothers were jealous uh, enough that they plotted to kill him. And instead of killing him, they uh, ended up selling him into slavery. But you know the story, as we've done through every week, is what he ended up in prison, and after prison God gave him the kazon of interpreting dreams which then he came in front of Pharaoh to interpret the dreams that he was having you know and so in the midst of that here Pharaoh was saying where can we find individuals such as this you know that has the spirit of God in him so Joseph was placed as second in command And to help and put into action the kazon, the vision, the dream that God had placed in him to help the people, not just those in Egypt, but those in the surrounding areas, because they had seven years of great blessings, but then they also dealt with other years of famine. And so in the midst of that famine, his family came together, and when they went before uh, Joseph, it came a moment that Joseph asked them to go before him, and then they were the tears, you know, of, of asking for forgiveness for what the family had done, the brothers had done for him. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, look, you know, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. And so in order for me to go through what I was going through, it created the result of the kazon which was to save many people's lives. And you know, sometimes we go through our ups and downs as we've shared before, but when we look back at our past experiences that creates in us the core values and utilizing our spiritual gifts that God-given talents and gifts that God gives us, it allows us to see, go back and say, God, this is where I was before and I'm so thankful that where I am right now, but in the midst of that, God, let me continue throughout anything I do, whether the ups or the downs that I give you. Honor and glory. Amen. Amen. So we need to be able to understand how where our relationship is with God and what God's purpose is for our lives. And so throughout our this week's so that we're talking about the, the spiritual growth campaign and what the people are doing, uh the there's an area where you can uh list for the spiritual gifts. And to see where God is placing in your heart and what you're able to uh, utilize for his honor and glory. But then there are other, and there may be some individuals saying, well, where, what, what do I have? What can I do? This seemed like there was a passion in me before, but that passion is no longer there. So I stopped doing what I felt God was leading us to do. So, I want to be able to close out this series as an added message for those individuals that are still thinking about ways that God can utilize them, but they don't know how. So I want to go into the book of First Kings chapter 17, and I'm doing something a little different uh, today. What I want to do is really go into that scripture and just read what happened to the prophet Elijah. But let me give you a little bit of context before I go into that scripture reading. King Ahab was the king of Israel. He had married Jezebel, the daughter of the king of Sidon. Now Jezebel Jezebel worshipped under God Baal and convinced Ahab to worship him as well. King Ahab even erected a temple to Baal in Israel and thus by introducing the worship of a false god in Israel, the Bible says in 1 Kings 16.33 that Ahab did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, that had all the kings of Israel before him. To let let King Ahab and the people of Israel know who the real God was, the Lord told his faithful prophet Elijah to announce that there would be no rain in the land until Elijah, speaking for God, would say so. Elijah knew the Lord would take care of him because God told him he would be the one to announce the end of the drought. Whenever that came, you see, uh, the prophet Elijah knew what was taking place, and that he trusted in God. But also, he did not know when exactly the rain was going to start. But he trusted in God. So, however, what we find out that later on in First Kings chapter eighteen, that the drought took three years, three years. But the prophet uh, uh, Elijah did not. Let you know the his trust in God waver. You have to. And the, one of the things that Elijah did not know how God would take care of him as he trusted in Him. He just knew that he would have to do whatever God instructed him to do. And God's first instruction to Elijah was to go to the Wadi Cherith, which ends up here in First. Kings chapter 17, I'll begin reading in verse 2. I'm reading from the NLT version, so if your Bible is a little different, but the words will also be up on the screen. The Bible says this, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide in Carith Brook, uh, where, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Careth Brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening and he drank from the Brook. Let me stop there for a moment. Here, the Elijah was trusting in God and the instructions of what he needed to do in his life. He had that calling within him. He knew what he needed to do. He, and part of that, he needed to trust in God to where God instructed him to go. But where does God instruct him to go? He told him to go by the east of the, of the Jordan River by this Kareth Brook and that he was going to instruct the ravens to bring him food. And that's something when we're thinking about how God is going to provide for us, we're thinking in a way, this is how God's going to do this and this and this and then God all of a sudden brings about a different way of providing for us. And one thing for sure, whether we like it or not, God is providing us what we need, not necessarily what we want. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we get all uh, disappointed or discouraged because we're seeking and we've been praying for something and that we believe that God has placed in our hearts and when it doesn't get there in the way that we're expecting, we start questioning even if God really placed something in our hearts. But Elijah kept on going and he was saying, the Bible is saying that the ravens came and brought him bread and meat twice a day and God provided in that manner. And he said, drink from the brook. Well, here's verse 7. Verse 7 says this. But after a while, (laughs) the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Let me pause there. When we have been seeking the presence of God and what God is placing in our hearts and we get to the point where God is blessing us and providing for us, again, not necessarily what we want, but what we need, we sometimes may get into a position of comfort. And, and so we're like, oh, this is nice. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of meat the ravens brought him, but, but man, the, the ravens are even bringing me stuff. The the bread twice a day, I'm able to get the bread and the meat, and and I'm able to drink from the brook. Oh, God, this is such a blessing. Let me just stay here, you know, because even in the midst of everything else here, you're providing for me. But man, that brook dried up. And sometimes in our lives, you know, when we're when I was preparing for this message, there are individuals that even in uh, whatever if it's years uh, in in the relationship with God or just starting out, there are times when we feel that our passion that where we are instructed to go, where God we believe that God is leading us, that passion all of a sudden uh, uh, subsides. It, the, the, that, that brook, whatever that brook represents for you, and for those of you who are online, it. May May be a possibility that that brook at one point or another dried up, and so what happens is you can respond in different ways. You respond saying, "Okay, God, what now?" Or if you are something like some individuals, they're like, they'll, they'll complain. God, where is the bread? Where is the meat that you were providing? Where is the water that you told me to drink from? I'm just going to stay here because this is where I believe that you, that you instructed me to go. So I'm just going to stay here until I see that the ravens are going to come, that the water is going to spout out again. And so there are individuals who don't go beyond that moment that where their passion is, because it subsides, that brook and dries up, and then therefore, they were like, "This is it for me. There's nothing else for me." And it's a possibility, ladies and gentlemen, that when you are going through this Kazon experience, you may be saying, "Well, I'm, you know, I- I'm too old." Well, you know, where, where is God gonna be? But you know what? One of the things that we have to realize is that when we are given the another day of life, we have to seek God and ask God, God, what do you need for me today uh, today that will give you honor and glory? What do you what can I do or say today to somebody else that is discouraged and needs a word of comfort, that needs a word of encouragement and exhortation? God, what can I be? I have been married for you know, 30 years or 20 years or 10 years. How can I be a blessing to someone who is just starting out, God? Because we know that not everything, that when, when people get married, maybe the six months to a year, they may, be, may sound all, be all rosy and, and be good. But what happens when the conflicts get there, God? Let me be a mentor to them. And sometimes we just neglect uh, the the purpose that God places in our hearts. There are some individuals, I remember one year, that uh, someone said, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. And I said, well, what what do you love to do? And the response was, well, Pastor, it's kind of silly, but I love baking. I was like, yeah! I said, not everybody knows how to bake, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> and she was like, well, what, what am I supposed to do then? I said, how, how about this? When people go to like, a, like in the morning, like a, like a little breakfast time, you know, how about we provide a, a morning coffee time and baked goods before the worship service? And so what, man, that first day, that first Sunday, she made a spread That, you know, it it was enough to be left over that people were able to take home. But she was so happy because when people came in and, and you could see their smiles like, oh, cupcakes. Oh, I got cookies. Look at this. I mean, she was all ecstatic. And so she ended up being the coordinator of the baking team of the church. And so any time that we did, whether it was a life group, you know, we didn't, have, we didn't call them life groups before, like a small group, where we have, we're like, okay, this, this group's going to meet here. No problem, pastor, I'll get this baker to do that, and they'll drop off the baked goods. And what about in the morning? No problem, pastor, we'll have, make sure we'll, we'll take, you know, the, the, the baked goods and we'll have it ready before the worship service. I mean, just the joy... And if she didn't look at what she was good at, what she loved to do, she would have missed out on an opportunity of bringing a smile to many people. But we did, she did it for the glory of God. And sometimes we fall short of doing what we, our passion is or what we love to do, what God has given us in our talents and abilities to worship him. And in the midst of that, bring a smile or, or make a difference in somebody's life. But don't, whatever you, wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, those of you, again, who are in person here or for those of you who are online, maybe the brook that you feel has dried up and I'm encouraging you to see God where he's going to lead you. Elijah trusted in God. And I want to share this uh, with you for a moment. Let's continue on with verse eight. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Again, so he had the ravens feed Elijah along the way. Now he has instructed and placed a widow's life to uh, feed Elijah. So he went to Sarephath in verse 10. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and asked her, would you please bring me a little cup, excuse me, a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, I lost my place. Okay, he called to her, "Uh, bring me a bite to eat too, uh, a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this meal, last meal, and then my son and I will die. Let me pause there. Goes along with what i was just mentioning here. Elijah was by the brook. The brook dried up. God instructed him to go into the Zarephath. And in the midst of Zarephath, here's his widow, who was already thinking that she's, you know, as a widow, she's probably already too old. She only has... See, we got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, when we go to people and say, well, I only can do this, but man, if you place that only in the hand of God, and if God has the blessing in that life for you, that he's able to say, don't be saying only, because for you, it may be only, but with me, so many things can happen in this world, Amen. We have to stop saying, I only do this, or I only have that. Place it in God's hands and see the wonderful things that God has in store for his people, those who love him and serve him. So verse 13 says, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. So she said to Elijah, uh, so she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. And sometime later, the woman's, get this for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. Let me me just pause there. Sometimes when we think about, okay, God is providing, God, look, look at this miraculous, you know, uh, blessing you providing for us. For the widow was the oil and the flour, and, and th- God, thank you, you're providing for us. And, and for us as new Christians or, Christ- or seasoned Christians, we go through our, again, our ups and downs. Just because we give our life to Christ doesn't mean that everything is going to be great. Jesus said, you know, take up the cross and follow me. The, what does the cross represent? It also represents a sacrifice. But I don't want to go into it a, 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 different, a different message here, but I want to let you know that just because you gave your life to Christ doesn't mean that nothing tragic will happen in your family, to yourself, or in the community, or around the world. That's where it says, sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally, he died. Then she said to Elijah, oh, man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms and carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, Oh Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O oh Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child return and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah. Get this, ladies and gentlemen. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. If Elijah, ladies and gentlemen, Stayed at the brook and was complaining because the water had run out, that the ravens were no longer feeding him. He would have not experienced what God had in store for the widow over in Zarephath. If we, ladies and gentlemen, stick to by the brook because it's dried up, we will never experience the sovereign God that has something in store for someone else. And the life-changing power that can come by the testimony, by being instructed by God to go from one place to another. I want to share a few last words here for you. When we deal with our purpose... Elijah had a really good, you know, relationship with God. And we could see that God utilized him as he, you're the one that's going to tell the people when this drought is going to end. So there was an accountability that was taking place there. When we find our own Kazon, we got, I encourage you to find someone that you can tell what your vision, what you believe God is leading you to do. And let them be your accountable partner. Because this is one of the notes we have here. Accountability closes the gap between intentions and actions. Accountability closes the gap between intentions and actions. We can utilize our God-given talents however quote-unquote only you may feel or the, the small uh, gift that you have. But you know what? Sometimes your gift that you have, somebody else may not have. How can we come together and do the, the, the uh, to honor and glorify God? When we talk about accountability, I love that we have a uh, leadership council that God uses their God-given talents and abilities. And this is actually our group uh, that we started this year. I'm going to ask you you continue to pray for them, to pray for the church as we seek the very best way that God is leading our church to go from where we are to where God wants us to be. Utilize your Kazon. I'm going to end with this uh, scripture passage here in Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, where it says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. When we began this series of Kazon, we mentioned that everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. As a church, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the body of Christ. Let us be the hands and feet out in a hurting world to let them see that Christ is alive and well. Because of what we're doing, of what we're saying to show the hope in the midst of a hurting or dark place in this world. But you know what? We may be feeling darkness within ourselves. We may be depressed of what we're seeing around and what we've been dealing with over a year. But I pray that you seek God and find out where God has been leading you throughout this time. Is it a moment that allows your relationship with God to become stronger? Or are you allowing other circumstances, the culture, or whatever it is around you to take you away from the eyes of the Lord? Let us be led by the precious Holy Spirit. There is still much more to do in this world. And we should be like, God, and you want to utilize us? What a privilege and honor it is. God, so I am so sorry, God, if I've made whatever gift that you gave me to make it out so small. Let me place it in your hands. Let us use our God-given kazone to bring honor and glory to him. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you that you have led us throughout this series of Kazon of finding purpose, of reaffirming what you have placed in our hearts and that what we're doing is what we have been called to do. But we also pray for those individuals who may, as reflecting on this word and looking at the prophet Elijah of how you were able to instruct him to go to that brook that you provided him with bread and meat twice a day and then it came to a point that the brook dried up. God, whatever brook represents, whatever uh, the brook represents to our lives, God, we're asking for forgiveness. If we just stayed there, asking God, okay, where where else am I? What? What? How are you going to provide for me? What am I supposed to do now that the brook has dried up? God, we just uh, seek you. We want to follow you, God. We want to be guided by the precious Holy Spirit and sometimes we fail, God, but we're so awesome that it is so awesome you give us another day of life, which is another day of opportunity to correct the wrong that we have done. God, we just ask for forgiveness. And we pray, God, that you start utilizing our gifts. We're so sorry if we we have said, it's only this. I only can do that. Let us place it in your hands that we give you honor and glory in what we do because there are so many people out in the world, in our communities, in our homes that need to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Place in us that vision, that purpose, because if you do, God, we really believe that you will provide the tools to get those things done. It may not be right away, God, but as time goes on, here I am, Lord, Continue to bless us, guide us by the precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, before the, band, the, uh, the worship band comes up, uh, next week is uh, Palm Sunday. And what I want to do is bring a message that I can't give you the message, you know, but I encourage you to come next week. We have a 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock service. But if you can, send me an email at Ricky at newhanoverumc.org. I'd love to hear what you believe what the church is supposed to be for. What's the purpose of the church? So you know, just answer that question. You know, online. The moderators will put that as a question. But for those of you who are here, okay, Pastor Ricky, uh, if you don't remember that, call the church office and they'll give you the, uh, my, my office line. But I'd love to hear from you what you believe the, the purpose of the church should be. All right? Until then, may God's peace and love and guidance of the precious Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as you start utilizing your Kazon in the way that God uh, had intended. May God bless all of you.